We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Cool. Hey, what is up, Chargers fans? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven. I am your host. And joining me today is a very special guest who has joined us before, Mr. Nick Cothrill of Charger Report for Sports Illustrated. Nick, thanks for taking the time to join me today. How are you doing? Doing good. Back from Vegas from the draft over uh, you know three days that were pretty exciting. And uh, I'm just ready to get into the picks and uh, take a look at this draft class. Yeah, man, a lot of a lot of exciting stuff. Obviously, we got to uh, you know run into each other in Vegas. Yeah. Um, what was kind of uh, had you been to the draft before? Or was this your first time as well? That was my first time covering the draft as well. Yeah, first time being there on site, so I didn't really know what to expect either. But you know, checking everything out uh, from where they had the media set up, and then going through like the fan experience stuff and the draft stage. It was hot, but, you know, I, I, I thought it was a really cool setup, and I, I thought the NFL did a good job just kind of catering to everybody. You know, they had players from all different teams, and I thought it was a cool setup. Yeah, you know, I was in shorts and a jersey, and I was hot. You know, you, this guy over here was in, uh, you know, some nice shoes, some pants, and a, and a nice shirt. So, you know, I can imagine it would be pretty hot there. But, uh, yeah, obviously, you know, we have a lot to talk about, and we'll dive into some of it. Um you know, I was talking with one of my friends yesterday and, you know, he was asking me like, oh, like, what'd you make of the 17th selection? Like, did you think that it was going to be your guy Zion? And honestly, like, I was so nervous for that pick because I was like, oh, it could be McDuffie. It could be Trevor Penning. You know, Jermaine Johnson was still on the board and I would have understood that. So what'd you make of the Chargers taking Zion over guys that, you know, maybe more premium positions that uh, were also equally as good prospects, maybe? Yeah, in my final mock, I had the Chargers taking Trevor Penning. And where I was kind of uh, settled in on was I thought they were either going to go Penning, Zion Johnson, or Trent McDuffie. Um, and I was – while I still was – like Penning was the guy I, I had them taking, I was starting to really kind of buy in onto the, the Trent McDuffie hype. Um, now with all those guys sitting there, obviously Zion Johnson was their guy. Um I think the pick's great, right? They get the best the best guard in the draft, you know, according to most people, kind of the consensus uh, number one guard. Uh, surely there's a case to be made, um, you know, for um, 
Green out of Texas A&M. But, uh, you know, instead of getting, like, penning the fourth best tackle, they end up, they, they get jo- Johnson, who's just going to be a plug-and-play guard. And, you know, if – who knows? Maybe he's going to go on and have a, a season like Slater had last year. But uh, I, I, think, I think it's a good pick. Like, it's, it's tough to say, like, oh, it's a safe pick because, like, what really is a safe pick anymore? Yeah. Uh, but, like, at the same time, like – Johnson just feels like that type of prospect where like you, you kind of feel like, you know what you're going to get. And he also offers position versatility. I know they said that he's going to be a guard, but like, who knows, maybe long-term, like they kick him out the tackle. He's played tackle before. So he's also not, you know, just pigeoned into, into one position either. So that's always a plus. And, uh, you know, he, he only allowed, um, one sack over the last two years at Boston college. So, yeah. um, you know, there's a elite production there as well. Yeah, you know, I think it really kind of fits the Chargers profile over the last you know year or so in terms of upgrading the offensive line, where you're looking at a prospect or or player with very low pressure numbers and a, a high pass blocking efficiency rating, <clears throat> which is definitely the case there. And um, you know, you mentioned the per, the positional flexi- flexibility. Uh, a lot of the the guys think that his best position might actually be center. You know, uh, Jim Nagy and Ben yeah. Fennel in particular have had. You know, a bunch of conversations, Brandon Thorne as well, about potentially putting him at center just because of how smart he is. And, you know, in, in a world where the Chargers are, are playing, you know, without Corey Lindsley down the road, I think that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, and I believe at the Senior Bowl, uh, teams are act- actually asking uh, to see him play some center. And I b- uh, believe he did that there. So, you know, he kind of checked the box for almost every position along the offensive line. Uh, so having that position versatility, you know, it's pro- probably even, you know, made him more intriguing, I would assume. And, uh, but yeah, I, I, I really – I don't think they really could have gone wrong with either of those three players. And it seems like Johnson was kind of the guy that they were tar- targeting all along and they didn't have to tr- trade up. I mean, that would have been pretty difficult without a second. But uh, they were yeah. able to just sit there and get and, and get him. So we'll see how it pans out. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of people still kind of talking about like, oh, they could have traded down. I think after Kenyon Green went 15, I think that trade down uh, possibility kind of went off the board. So um, I want to get your thoughts here because I think for me, the surprise of the draft was the way that the Chargers played the board in terms of the cornerback position, uh, electing not to take anybody until the sixth and seventh round when they took just here Taylor and Dean Leonard out of Wake Forest and, and Ole Miss respectively. So you know, there was all this talk, right, about cornerback at 17. And, and so we kind of figured, okay, they take the guard in the first round. They'll take a corner in the third round, maybe the fourth round. They wait, and it kind of seems like they took some long-term projects there. Obviously, today they signed Bryce Callahan. So what would you make of the Chargers' decision to wait on corner as long as they did? Yeah, that, that, that was a surprise. Uh, not taking a corner early and – not taking a wide receiver at all were, were two things that just were pretty shocking to me. Uh, yeah. Both, like you said, both those corners are are more of you know probably projects long term, probably guys that are gonna contribute on special teams in year one, and then you know hopefully groom into something uh, down the road. But you know who knows? Maybe they they kind of had something already in the works on uh, with a fallback plan on Bryce Callahan. Had you know some some of their corners that they were hoping to get and. You know, maybe even day two, maybe there were certain guys they were trying to target there that just weren't sitting there for them to grab. So they just continued to hold off until day three. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, they 
they have starting caliber corners, right? Like they they ha- yeah. they have some nice guys. Obviously, J C Jackson, you know, one of the best corners corners in the league. But Brent Silly's made it an emphasis to upgrade that secondary, and so you know, getting J T Woods, yeah, he he's he's more of a safety than he is a corner, but. I could see him, um, you know, kind of being that chess piece to match up against tight ends or, you know, I don't know. I'd have to do a little more digging in, but I don't know if he can kind of contribute in the slot at all. Um, but very fast. I mean, four, four, three, six, 40 yard dash. So, I mean, that really jumps out um, and what they're able to do. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see in terms of those, those day three corner uh, cornerback prospects uh, as well as Callahan who, you know, can offer some stuff in the slot and uh, he's played in Staley's defense before. So there's going to be some familiarity there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of the reason why, uh, you know, people including myself wanted them potentially to draft Trent McDuffie was just to have that kind of flexibility. You have four reliable corners, yeah. you move them around and then you could see what you have in Mark Webb next year, of course, with Derwin James and Nasir Adderley. Now they get JT Woods in the third round and they signed Bryce Callahan. So I think you're just feeling much better about the secondary depth if anything kind of happens to the starters with players like Callahan and JT Woods who can contribute right away, not necessarily be relied upon to be, you know, heavy minutes guys, unless again, an injury happens, but uh, you feel confident in their ability to contribute right away. Yeah. The, the, the depth n- now versus just five days ago seems yeah. exponentially better, right? Like, I'm sure every Charger fan is uh, definitely feels much better about that now because, you know, Wood, Woods and Callahan, both those guys, while they're probably going to be more depth guys, like I, I, again, I have to do a little more digging in, into JT Woods, but I feel like if they need to be like spot starters, like those aren't the worst guys to have on, yeah. on your roster to kind of fill in that role. Yeah. I know you uh, obviously were covering the Rams last year, but there were, there were so many games last season when, you know, a player like Trey Marshall that they had to sign off the street or a Lohi Gilman, who I think is a good box player, but he's very limited athletically. And there were so many times last year when those two guys were kind of left on an island in the back while they're trying to do all these versatile things with Derwin James and Nasir Adderley. And they just they just can't make a play. They're just not physically capable of mm-hmm. making a play. And so now you get JT Woods and his, you know, nine interceptions over the last two years. I think he had an additional like six pass breakups or something like that. Yeah. And his four, three speed that you mentioned, and you feel more comfortable there. And I think that really was kind of the emphasis in getting a player like JT Woods. And, you know, there were a lot of people talking about it being a reach, but there was a quite a run on safeties and then quite a fault off on the safety class. So, uh, you know, the more that I've had to sit on the JT Woods pick, the bigger fan of it I have become. So, I'm excited to see really all the moving parts now that you had Bryce Callahan uh, into this secondary. Yeah. And I mean, with Woods, like it, it seems like, like the, the theme with pretty much the three, the three guys that they've added in the draft to their secondary was they just can, they can all fly. They're all super fast. And like you just mentioned, like the ball skills of JT Woods, you know, he's bringing down eight, nine picks over the last two years. Um, seems like kind of his Achilles heel is more of being like kind of like a, a sure tackler. Um, but if, you know, they use him in the deep part of the field um, to kind of, you know, protect, be that extra layer on, on the back end. And, you know, who knows, maybe he's going to come down with a couple picks. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll shift gears a little bit here. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of us had kind of penciled in 
Uh, edge rusher has a potential need for the Chargers. Of course, they do not decide to draft anyone. <clears throat> Again, uh, a very similar, a very surprising move to say the least. Um, is should that be a concern for people, or am, or are people like me kind of overblowing it because they have Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack? I I wrote an article the other day talking about how I I, I was pretty surprised that they they didn't address that on on day three of the draft and. Like sure, you're not you're not exactly gonna get just an impact player at edge probably on you know in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. Um, but who knows? Maybe maybe you do end up fi- finding it a hidden gem. Um, I mean, Max Crosby was you know in, he's in the AFC yeah. West. He was taken on day three, and look what he's turned into. But Khalil Max coming off the season where he was just injured, and I know there's a lot of optimism with him and. Rightfully so. He's he's a great player, but like while he's been in Chicago, there have been injury concerns. So not having having a, a third a third guy, a rotational pass rusher, or even just to give you know Joey and Khalil a breather. Like you got like Chris Rump and stuff, but at the same time, like no nobody sitting back there has really delivered uh, production, kind of like consistently or has really proved proven themselves. So I was pretty I was pretty shocked by that. I've briefly kind of looked into like what like which edge rushers are are still out there. Um, there's quite a few veterans that are kind of you know starting the trick on the downside of their career. Who knows? Maybe they're willing to take less to join a team like the Chargers, who look like they're trying to make a run. I know like Carlos Dunlap's out there. Um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Benson Mayoa. Like th- there there's some guys who maybe maybe they look back into free agency and. Uh, see see if those guys are willing to kind of take a relatively cheap deal on a you know one-year contract yeah and i, I know that there's a lot of optimism mm-hmm. on, uh, on charger social media about chris rumpf i just don't think that's a super smart idea to bank on that kind of jump because he was uh you know there were barely any flashes last year and so now you're asking a guy to be that uh spot starter potentially or fill in and, and give those guys a break and i think he could certainly be a, a quality fourth edge rusher this year but they need like a legitimate quality backup and they just don't really have that right now. Yeah. Or even just bring in a guy that's let's just say is like pretty, pretty comparable to him and let him, let him do it out in training camp and, and see who kind of earns that, that number three spot. Because yeah. I, I just don't think of a, like a player like, like him just deserves to just take that number three role because you're one injury away before he, he has to start every game, you know, so yeah. I, I, I do think that that's probably an area that like that they're going to upgrade to some extent before they head into camp. Yeah, absolutely. So we've talked a little bit about what the Chargers have done, of course, in the first two rounds, kind of what they, they haven't done. Uh, what pick from uh, day three kind of stands out to you as somebody, somebody that really caught your attention, uh, whether it be the selection or, of course, you know, you guys been doing the press conferences. Who stands out to you among those day three guys? Well, I loved the Isaiah Spiller pick because I, I I kept saying like they they got to get another running back in there that's that's gonna kind of ease the load a little bit off of Eckler because right. he he was great last year but it's just not as sustainable to just expect him to just produce like twenty touchdown seasons year in and year yeah. out and stay healthy and you know for a playoff run so getting a guy like Spiller who I think you know he he can really pack a punch and he's been he's been a bell cow back at Texas A and M so um you know. You know, both in the run game and the pass game, he he really kind of does it all. I was shocked that he even lasted to the fourth round because I remember even before last col- um, college football season, like people were saying, like 
you know, he's like a fringe, like second round back. So to, to get him there and he was just as productive last season, I think was a home run uh, pick for the chargers. And uh, another thing that really shocked me was when they, when, it, when they ended up taking uh, Xander Huff, Horvath, I think it is. Yeah. Horvath. Thank you. I'll get, I'll, I'll get these names eventually. Uh, but yeah, taking a, taking a fullback with the final pick there uh, definitely was a surpriser. Don't think anybody had a mock draft with the chargers taking a fullback. Um, but he, he's, he's super athletic from, from what I've seen. Like he's more, he's more than just a traditional blocking style fullback. Like he can, he can go out and catch some passes and, you know, pick up some short yardage situations. But I thought that was a spot where they're just going to take one of these wide receivers that can just fly down the field and just kind of add that speed dimension. But, uh, yeah, I really, really like the Spiller pick and, uh, that seventh rounder definitely caught me by surprise. Yeah, both of those seventh rounders definitely caught me by surprise. I was like, Dean Leonard, who is that? <laughs> um, you know, Xander Horvath, I think, is a really interesting pick because the Chargers didn't really use. I mean, Steven Anderson was kind of their fullback, but he was more of you know a hybrid tight end fullback player. Yeah. And so like I, I had them taking, you know, like a late round tight end flyer on somebody and just saying, like, okay, like this is your Anderson replacement. And then they, instead mm-hmm. they just opt for the straight up fullback. So uh, that definitely uh, raised my eyebrow a little bit. I was like a fullback in round seven. Like, <laughs> you don't really see that whole, you know, uh, uh, that very often. Of course, you know, Connor Hayward uh, from Michigan State did go earlier too, but that was was definitely very interesting. Yeah, and like like Connor Hayward, he he's another guy. Like both of the both of these fullbacks are guys that are are pass are pat like pass catching style of fullbacks. So maybe the Chargers just see see more in. Uh, and Xander than, uh, you know, kind of how he was used at Purdue. And, you know, most teams don't really, you know, expect the, the fullbacks to to kind of be the, the missing ingredients on, you know, sneak sneak out or, or whatever yeah. on some of these short yardage. So we'll, we'll see how, kind of how they deploy, deploy him and uh, how, how he's utilized. Yeah, you know, I think uh, um, a lot of people were a little underwhelmed by Gabe Neighbors last year. He didn't play a whole lot. He was always like a healthy scratch. But, you know, last year was it was – difficult because they were you they were wasting a roster spot spot essentially there because they carried four tight ends and neighbors the fullback and so yeah one of those guys was always inactive on game day and you're just like you could use that spot on an extra defensive lineman on an extra receiver on something useful as opposed to you know a fullback or tight end that's always inactive so uh hopefully xander can be uh, a bit of a boost and allow them to free up an extra roster spot you have to think like maybe there's a chance that now that roster spot is is used in the secondary because now it just you know they they just have so many pieces back back yeah. there now and you know with the with the AFC West and how pass heavy it is it's not the worst thing in the world to to you know carry an extra uh, defensive back and you know kind of go you know safeties and cornerbacks heavy in some of these personnel packages to you know s- stop the pass so. Yeah, it is going to be interesting. I know Brandon Staley said on Saturday that they uh, were excited about bringing Tavon Campbell back, and they hold Kimon Hall in kind of high regard. And then, and so then I was like, okay, so that's why they waited so long. And then they signed Bryce Callahan. Mm-hmm. So uh, very interesting mm-hmm. dynamic that's going to un- unfold there uh, in training camp for sure. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll 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 see who like who who secures the the four and five spots and um kind of how, how how the cookie crumbles because there, there's there's going to be a lot of guys in there and 
I mean, it, it should be, it should really be a competitive battle in training camp. And I mean, that, that's really what you want for, for all these depth, depth positions, because just handing a guy a spot, you know, that's where I think you can get kind of, you know, yeah. concerned, like it, one injury away and your, your quote unquote depth guys is, is now your starter. So having multiple guys in there that are just hungry uh, to kind of secure, secure that next spot in line, I think is crucial. Yeah, absolutely. I think overall, I don't know how you kind of feel, but I, I like the way that they kind of fortified the interior depth specifically. It's kind of like my favorite thing that they did this year, you know, getting Zion Johnson, getting Jamari Sawyer, and then adding uh, Tito Ogbonia to the defensive line group is, is definitely my favorite part of uh, this draft. But I don't know if you have any thing that really kind of stands out as your favorite thing from the weekend. Yeah. Um, he, he's, he's interesting because like he, he has a background. He, First of all, like he he played a ton of football at UCLA. Like I believe he was starting games since he was a freshman. So like he, I want to I, I want to say he started like forty plus games there and uh, has a you know background in shot put. He's also has a background as a power lifter. Um, the the UCLA uh, publisher at um, SI was sharing with me that he he benches like four forty and squats like six eighty and Dang. like he had the most. Um, reps on the bench press um, at the NFL combine for the defensive linemen. So like just another big body in there to stuff the run. And I mean, that that's just been the theme of the off season for that position. All, all the guys that they've signed with, you know, Joseph Day and Johnson bringing back Covington and um, now adding him to the mix. It's for a position that started the off season as probably like their biggest weakness. It's now depth wise now looks like one of the deeper positions. Yeah. Absolutely agree there. Really excited to see how that one pans out as well. Well, Nick, this has been great, man. I, I kept you a little longer than uh, I said I would. Um, what do you have coming up down the road and where can Chargers fans find your work uh, if they want to find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Nick Cothrell, N-I-C-K-C-O-T-H-R-E-L. And uh, all my work's on Charger Report, um, part of SI. And uh, just throughout the week, we're going to be, you know, putting together some draft coverage. Um, there's going to be, you know, some media availabilities uh, periodically over the next couple of weeks. And then, uh, you know, soon we'll roll into Ricky minicamp and OTAs and all that good stuff. Yeah, man. So uh, really appreciate all your work there. Excited to hear kind of, you know, your, your input in those, those press conferences is very valuable to all of us. So appreciate it. Keep it the good work and Chargers fans, make sure and give him a follow, check out his work on SI. And as always, we'll talk to you later. Thanks again, Nick. Thanks, Steven. Thanks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.